Well, hello everyone. It's uh, Josh and Connie back from a long hiatus, uh, welcoming you to the RiseCast podcast. Uh, say hello, Connie. Hello. Uh, this is the 11th episode of our podcast, and uh, we have to apologize because um, well, we've been gone for quite some time. Yes. Uh, we've had some unfortunate things happen. Do I have to sign the guest book? I think we need to sign the guest book, so uh, I'm handing her a pen right now, and she can sign the guest book. But uh, let there she go. There she signs the guest book. But uh, where where have we been? Well, all of our friends on Facebook know because uh, we posted pictures when we were uh, up in Green Bay, Green Bay, Wisconsin. That is at the hallowed grounds of. Lambo Field. Lambo, But unfortunately, it was not for a uh, a good reason. Uh, a, one of my best friends uh, passed away uh, suddenly at the age of thirty eight uh, of a brain aneurysm. Actually, so um, we went up to. I had to um, provide the life sketch in the eulogy for um, my friend Marcus Messersmith, and. Um, yeah, that was a long trip. Uh, yeah. Basically, two thousand miles in three days. Yes. Three different hotels. Mm-hmm. And. A lot of tears. A lot of tears. A lot of laughs were shared, though, too. Praise God. And, of those three days, was it about twenty twenty four hours in the car? Yeah, at least. No, about 28. 28, that's right. It was 14 hours to Green Bay. (laughs) But uh, we were able to take the kids uh, over to, take the kids and Connie uh, to Lambeau Field. And to Aunt Christie's house. And to Aunt Christie's house. And um, for those who don't know, Christie is Marcus's wife. But. you know, it was it was good to see Christy, but um, not under the circumstances. But for for those of you that have friends, especially long distance, um, I encourage you to uh, stay in contact. Um, you know, make make sure that you you call and and tell your friends that you love them because you know all it takes is one one freak accident and uh, all of a sudden they're gone. But it, it wasn't even. I mean, like this wasn't even it. There were no even there were no symptoms even if he was just here one second and gone the next. So, like Josh said, pause this podcast right now and go hug your loved ones and just tell them that you love them because you just never know. But we do have this blessed hope. Um, Marcus was a believer. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that he knew his Bible well, and uh, I know that I'll see him again. So it is my job to make sure that my life is prepared to go to heaven when Jesus comes. Yep. So be prepared, people. Be prepared. Um, let's see. Where else have we been? Um, well, I was out sick. We've all been sick. Well, here's the, here's the funny story. Is I thought I had food poisoning. It was all of a sudden, and I am going to spare you the details. So the next podcast... Uh, and I believed it was from a jar of peanut butter. Yes. So my next podcast was going to um, 
razz all of my vegetarian and vegan friends, that meat wouldn't have made me sick in this case. Meat would never have done this to me. Meat would never have done this to me. But then one by one, the Emma kids got sick. The kids got sick. Jeremiah got sick. And then recently Connie got sick. During VBS. During VBS week. Uh, VBS week for those in the military is hell week. <laughs> Not because it is literally hell. It's just, it's very grueling. It's a death march. It's a death march, especially yeah. for those that work full time. Yes. But, uh, well, and there's where else we've been. This past week, we did Cactusville, our VBS at the church. Yeehaw. And uh, had a very enjoyable time. It was it, awesome. It was a lot of fun. This was the best one so far, I think. This was. And our decoration team really stepped up their game on this one. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll, I'll post some pictures on the uh, Project Risecast yes. Facebook page. And we had a lot of kids on Sabbath, at the Sabbath service as well, like more than we've ever had. We did. We had 31 or 32 kids 32 registered. registered. 32 registered, which is unheard of for, for our VBS, so... Uh, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, we always on the Friday, the last day, uh, save that day for a giant water fight, water balloon fight. And Connie and I filled up 600 water balloons. We were uh, ready. We were ready. And then God decided he was going to have his own water fight, and it poured. We had about four inches of rain in about... What, a half hour, 45 minutes? Yeah, God basically said, here, hold my root beer. It just... <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, God God had better plans. So uh, the kids the kids were fine. We ended up playing dodgeball in the gym, which was a, a favorite of this week. But um, yeah, VBS was, was a lot of fun. A big shout out to Kathy Gossett. She really, she's our fearless leader every single year. And we had a great staff and... The only sad thing was is that I'm sad that our pastor was not able to be there. Yes, and that segues into um, our our dear, well, I, I can't call him Pastor Jaylee anymore. It's Elder Jaylee. Yes. Uh, took a different position at the Gordon Hospital up there in Calhoun, Georgia. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, as, a, as a chaplain. Uh, he actually was a chaplain prior to coming to Gainesville and uh, chose to take this position um, albeit reluctantly, uh, to be closer to his uh, daughter and new grandson up in College Dale. So, yes. uh, we wish Pastor Jay, Elder Jaylee. <laughs> it's gonna be a transition. <laughs> it's gonna be a transition. We wish <laughs> Elder Jaylee uh, and his wife Glenda uh, all the best in yes. uh, his new position. And uh, we completely understand that decision to be closer to family or having to leave a place that. You don't necessarily want to leave, but you have to because of family. So. Absolutely. Uh, we had to do the same thing when we yep. transitioned uh, down here to Georgia. Yep. But uh, we wish him well. Um, I know that he wanted to be at VBS, but uh, with that um, vacancy, uh, Connie had to do all the campfire stories, except for the day she was Except sick. for Wednesday night. Except for Wednesday night. <laughs> But uh, again, VBS was was a lot of fun. Uh, for those of you that have never volunteered, uh, I encourage you. Um, it's a lot of fun working with the kids. Um, what else has happened? Well, uh, the Braves, as of today, are back at five hundred. 
uh, Freddie Freeman is back from his mm-hmm. from his uh, injury and playing uh, third base, playing third base and ripping it up. Yeah, I mean, how many home runs has he hit since he came back? I don't know if he had any today, but last count was three since he came back. Yeah, and it was only he's only been playing for like a week. Oh, we have a visitor. And um, our uh, our daughter Emma has come into the studio to uh, make sure that we uh, are not misbehaving. I guess she's missing VBS right now. She is. So <laughs> we uh, we went to the church today to take down all the decorations, and she goes. Man, it's just plain old church again. It's just, just plain old church again. <laughs> so again, if if you really want to um, volunteer for VBS, yeah. But uh, back to sports. Uh, our Brewers are tearing it up. They are ten games above five hundred. Take that, Cubs fans. Yeah, the Cubs are not doing <laughs> as well as they thought they were. Um, Atlanta United. Uh, we are up to fourth place in the conference. Um, we are four and one in the last you didn't five games. Play the music. I know I didn't have the theme song <laughs> queued up. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Um, but uh, four and one in our last five. Uh, we've won five in a row at home. Yes. And uh, still selling out games. There has not been one game that has not been sold out. Matches. <laughs> 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 but, Sorry, you played soccer, so I just had to throw that in there. Like they're called matches. Yes, they're they're called they're called matches. <laughs> Out on the pitch. <laughs> but uh still selling out games and uh there's no sign of slowing down. They no. are setting records in the MLS right now. Throughout professional sports actually. They're, Absolutely. They're catching the attention of everyone. Absolutely, and we cannot wait till they move into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Which their first game there will be September 10th. September 10th. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got for for our sports. So without further ado, we are going to move into one of Connie's favorite, one of Connie's tender bits. One night in a church service, a young woman felt the tug tug of God at her heart. She responded to God's call and accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. The young woman had a very rough past, involving alcohol, drugs, and prostitution. But the change in her was evident, and as time went on, she became a faithful member of the church. She eventually became involved in the ministry teaching young children. It was not very long until this faithful young woman had caught the eye and heart of the pastor's son. The relationship grew, and they began to make wedding plans. This is when the problem began. You see, about one half of the church did not think that a woman with a past such as hers was suitable for a pastor's son. The church began to argue and to fight about the matter, so they decided to have a meeting. As the people made their arguments and tensions increased, or as the people made their arguments and tensions increased, the meeting was getting completely out of hand. The young woman became, became very upset about all the things being brought up about her past. As she began to cry, the pastor's son stood to speak. 
He could not bear the pain it was causing his soon-to-be wife to be, or his soon-to-be wife. He began to speak, and his statement was this. My fiancé's past is not what is on trial here. What you are questioning is the ability of the blood of Jesus to wash away sin. Today, you have put the blood of Jesus on trial. So does it wash away sin or not? The whole church began to weep as they realized that they had been slandering the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Too often, as Christians, we bring up the past and use it as a weapon against our brothers and sisters. Forgiveness is the very foundational part of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If the blood of Jesus does not cleanse the other person completely, then it cannot cleanse us completely. If that is the case, then we are all in a lot of trouble. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And this story is... um, from godvine.com and it's called The Pastor's Son. Um, The author is unknown, but um, especially since we're talking about the church today, um, I thought this was a really relevant and beautiful story and very, it raises a very good point. Thank you for that, Connie. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That one got her in the feels. They always do. Well, on to our... On to our theme here. Uh, There was an article that uh, we found in The Haystack by Kevin Wilson. Um, This was um, back back for a few weeks ago. Back in March, actually. That's more than a few weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, Called Why I Still Stay in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So, Connie, why are you still an Adventist? It's a good question. Um, going back to, like, one of the things is, I can tell you right now, when we're talking about Marcus's death, that's one of the reasons, is because the truth that's in our church. And when I learned the truth about death and how we don't go straight to heaven, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the dead in Christ are resting until he returns, and then they will be the first to be raised up out of the ground than those who are alive will then be raised up to meet those loved ones that had passed. Um, That's one of, I mean, besides obviously the Sabbath and the rest that it brings and just um, that covenant that that God has placed between us and him. Um, There's a lot of different reasons for me to remain in the church. This article, as we go through it, um, really resonated with me, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it, because it really... Um, just consecrated a lot of the things that I'm going through, but why I still continue continue to stay in the Adventist church. Um, but a lot of it is it's truth. It's undeniable truth, and that we solely believe in what the Bible says and teaches. Everything that we believe is found in that book. And so, why would I leave? Even with all the troubles and the trials and stumbling blocks sometimes that you come across, um, leaving truth would be leaving God. And so to forego the truth because I'm having an issue with this individual or, or that individual or this 
or the maybe the um, the legalism that sometimes happens with some members. Um, the important thing is, is that while we're fighting about all those things or maybe having disagreements, the reason we're having those disagreements is because there is a passion. There is a passion for truth and wanting to, to find more and reveal more. Um, and so it means that people are still searching. And that's a good thing. It doesn't mean that they're comfortable where they're at. Now, sometimes there are some things that we're, we're comfortable in. Um, but the one thing is we're not, we're not always comfortable in our truth. We're either looking for more or we're so affirmed in it that we can't help but want to share that with others. And sometimes it looks like legalism, sometimes it is, but at least people are passionate about their God. You know, I have to say that uh, I'm kind of the same way. Um, You know, the reason why I don't leave the Adventist church is like you said, I know too much. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that to be prideful. I just know the truth that that is within the church. Now, that does not put us exempt from people coming in and spreading false doctrine and whatever. You're going to you're going to get that at any church. Right. So, exactly. Somebody gets some radical belief and wants to to tout this. You know, that's going to happen at any church. You know, that's the toils of of Satan trying to infiltrate. Right. But, you know, going through doctrines of the Sabbath, which is which is biblical. Um, that being a Friday night sundown to Saturday sundown, um, uh, state of the dead, um, which, you know, is biblical. Yes. Um, and, and amongst other things are, are ones that, you know, I have not found a church that preaches out of the Bible to the extent that the Seventh-day Adventist church does. Yes. And so, you know, obviously that that rules out a lot of other churches. Now, that's not saying that the church, this Seventh-day Adventist church, has 100%, I want to say, clarity on all things. But I think it's the... It's the closest. The closest out there that you that you can be. Absolutely. And, and like Connie said, you know, the, the Seventh-day Adventist church has the same internal issues that that a lot of other churches have, you mm-hmm. know, as, as far as, um, you know, false doctrine trying to be infiltrated, um, you know. Disagreements. Disagreements, legalism, you know, bickering, whatever. That's going to happen in any church because we're all any human. Church. Exactly. We're all sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And so you're going to get problems in every church because we are all human and we all are we're all cut from a different mold you know what i mean like we all come from different backgrounds we all have different experiences we all have um a different viewpoint or perspective on things because of those experiences that we had so we're we're not always gonna see eye to eye there's disagreements that josh and i have had but the point is is that we can put those disagreements aside because we believe in Jesus Christ as being our Lord and Savior. That is the pinnacle of our faith, is Jesus. Yes, and because a lot of the root causes people have from the church is because of human issues, you know, we can't be too quick 
to judge the church itself because of what other humans have done to us. Right. And it's so much easier to complain than it is to to sit and think about, I mean, it takes more effort to sit and think about what we like about the church and what we love about it. I think because it, it kind of just, well, we go, it, it just becomes kind of natural. Okay, well, we continue to go and it kind of almost becomes um, a routine and, and we, we get really, it's really easy to just complain about things and allow conflict um, to overrun the garden of our mind, if you will. Like this is something I'm going to be talking in children's story about, about what do we want to plant in our garden? Do we want to plant fruit and vegetables, things that are good for us and, and beautiful flowers, or do we want to allow weeds to grow? And so it all, you know, whatever our viewpoint is, is how and how we want to continue to look at church is going to affect our time at church. If we want to continue to look at the conflicts we've had and the negativity, as soon as we walk into church, that's what we're going to focus on because that's where our mindset is. But if we sit here and we talk about why we stay and what we love about the church and we continue to affirm what those beliefs are, then it's a lot easier to go, you know what, that's happening, but I know that I'm in the right place because of this. And I know I need to stay because of this. And so when we continue to root out and weed out what inhibits growth, then we can continue to grow where God plants us. I have no segue. Uh, that was very well said. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's, she's absolutely right. Um, you know, even, even Connie and I are not exempt from complaining, you know, from time to time. But it, it's, it's trying to keep yourself positive because if you do ride the complain train, and write it especially with multiple people Mm -hmm. it's easier to stay on that track rather than than get off the train yep because you will always find something to complain about if you really want to and you know it's it's much easier to keep dumping on the pile than than it is to try to reel in that other person by saying hey look things may not be that bad you know, Let's, the reason why so-and-so is doing that may be because of personal issues in their own life. Well, it's like, for example, during VBS, I was talking with an individual who's very new to our church, and um, she volunteered with VBS, and I'm so thankful that she did. And instead of going into one of the other modules and helping out, um, God just called us both to sit there and, and talk. And she actually came from another um, area church. I, I'm not going to point it out. But she came from another church and she was telling me about all the things that were inhibiting her growth at that church and why she felt she needed to leave. Um, And it got to the point where she would walk in the door and she just didn't even want to be there anymore. Um, And then she said that when she came to our church, she just felt like, like, I don't want to say comfortable. I I don't like to use that word, Um, but she just felt at peace. She just felt like she belonged there. She felt like she could really do something there. She saw that we had a lot of ministries going on. We have a prison ministry. We have a health ministry. We have 
all these, we have evangelistic outreach. She sees that we, we have VBS, we have Adventure Club, we have Pathfinders. She saw that we have this, this, it's booming right now. You know what I mean? It may not be where we want it to be at times, but man, when, when I talked with her, we are light years in front of some of our area churches. And that breaks my heart. But at the same time, you know, it it affirms, once I go back to that word, it just kind of consecrates why God has kept us at the Gainesville church. You know, how many times have we said, let's go check out another church. Let's go see what else is around. Let's go. And he's like, no, I told you to come to this church for a reason. And you're going to stay until I tell you it's time to go. And so talking with her and, and she was telling me about all the stuff that they didn't have. And then it's, you just kind of sit there and you're like, wow, we really are blessed. You know, sometimes you just need an outside perspective from someone who's like, you guys have no idea how blessed you are. And, and another thing is, is that, you know, talking with her or, or even talking with someone, maybe you get into an argument who... Um, doesn't understand the Sabbath or doesn't understand the truth about death or maybe they're not as far along in truth as you are. And when you when you come across, um, you know, sometimes you, there's, uh, it's rigid. The conversation is rigid and it almost kind of feels like you're, you're throwing blows at each other. Like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Sometimes we need to take that conflict and be thankful for it because it can reaffirm why we believe what we believe. Because anytime someone has ever poked me and said, well, why do you, why do you keep the Sabbath? What, where does it say in the Bible that you need to keep the Sabbath? Where does it say sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday? Or why, why, do you, why does your church promote vegetarianism or veganism? Why, why is that any better than, or why can't I eat pork? You know, people will bring stuff up and I'm like, I never said that, but the Bible says this and this is why I believe. And let me tell you about my testimony and how it has changed my life and what it has done for me. Because no one can deny what it has done in my life and no one can deny what it's done in your life no one can deny your testimony because that's your testimony that's your truth that's your life no one can deny that from you so your best your best argument is what god has done for you no one can argue against that and that's true that's that's so very true um and i can also see in our church when people come across new truth, it you know what I've been in a lot of other churches and I see like okay I believe in Jesus and I'm good and I go to Bible study or I come to Wednesday night service, but there's really nothing groundbreaking and new to them like there is when you come into the Adventist church and you learn about the great controversy and you learn about. Um, the sanctuary. You know what I mean? Like that's one of my favorite things is like that that original tabernacle that God made with man and everything that went on inside of that and all the um the symbolism and how everything led back to Jesus and how you know it that was all stuff that was put into place even before Jesus came to this earth. Um the Sabbath, stuff like that, like when all these people come across these these new truths, whether it's in the health message or the Sabbath, 
or um, I know a lot of people that have found peace in um, the truth about death. You know what I mean? Um, the original tabernacle that God made with man. When people start to uncover all this stuff, you just see like this excitement build. And it's, I don't, I don't know that any other church can experience that. And so for me, it helps to build me up and like, yes, that's why I'm here because people are, are, are discovering something they're probably not going to discover in another church. Absolutely. And that all goes back to the truths that, that the Adventist church preaches out of the Bible. We, we have no separate doctrine. The right. Bible is our doctrine. And it's not just taking one verse and promoting it. It's putting a bunch of verses together that you know, it's putting those Bible verses into context and it's taking, it's showing you how the Old Testament and the New Testament are the same. They are not two different books. They are the same. The Old Testament is, you know, of course, pre-Jesus, but all that stuff still talks about Christ. When you talk about Moses up on the mount and he sees, the, you know, the, he sees the ram with the horns and it's in thorns. That is, you know what I mean? That's the symbolization. There's symbolization of Christ all throughout the Old Testament. And the in the New Testament is when he comes and it talks about his life and how we are to go forward from that. But that book, if you say the Old Testament is irrelevant, you are saying that Christ is irrelevant. That's what you're saying. Because the Old Testament completely points to Christ and the plan of salvation. So if you say the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore, then you are saying that Christ doesn't matter anymore because that was the buildup for his life. Yeah, the Bible is is all or nothing. You can't pick and choose. It's not trail mix. It's, it's not trail mix, exactly. And there are so many other churches out there that treat it as trail mix. Yes. It's, I'm going to use this verse because it helps my cause. This one, I'm not sure it was in context. Or... Exactly. And that is the the importance of reading the Bible in context is you can't pick one verse and base an entire doctrine off of it. You right. have to have context. What was the context that it was written in? Um, you know, I guess with the exception of the Ten Commandments, those are pretty cut and dry. <laughs> Thou shalt not kill. But that's just it. That's in context. Is if you cut out the Old Testament, you are cutting out the Ten Commandments, which we still live by. Absolutely except for that fourth one. The one that starts with remember? Remember, because he knew we would forget. And so let's just, do you want to just go through, um, we, can, we can just go through what this article says. Um, and so it says, number one, the reason I stay is conflict. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron. You stay because of conflict. <laughs> and I love what he writes here. He says, I stayed in church not because of the convenience, but because of the conflicts. Now, if you were to ask me a few years ago, my answer would have been reversed. However, I had a paradigm shift recently, recently that not only alleviated a lot of stress concerning the church, but has also galvanized my resolve to stay in it. I realize that it's not the church's responsibility to heal me nor save me. The church's responsibility is to provide a space and the instrumentality to lead me to the one who can heal me or save me. Ellen White writes, The church is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. 
It is the repository of the riches of the grace of Christ, and through the church will eventually be made manifest. Even the principalities and powers in heavenly places, the final and full display of the love of God. The words agency, repository, and through emphasize the fact that whatever authority and power that the church holds is only a derivative in nature, implying the simple yet profound fact that it is God in Christ through the Holy Spirit who draws us to him through the church. In this process of leading me to God, the church has had to confront me in many areas. It's almost as if the closer I get to the ideal, the more I am sensitized to my flaws and deficiencies through various conflicts. If God wanted me to be more loving, he's had to place me among unlovable saints in the church. And if God wanted me to be more patient, he's had to place me among impatient saints in the church. The church grew me through conflict. The conflicts paved a way for me to seek Christ, but this would not have happened if not for the next reason why I stayed in the church. Wasn't that the whole premise of the movie Evan Almighty? (laughs) I hate to bring movies into it, but... It's true. Like, God just doesn't give us patience. He He gives us situations to teach us patience, and he will continue to give us situations over and over and over and over again until we get it. Until you finally desensitize to the fact that you are impatient and become patient. (laughs) But I love what he said about um, when he said, the more sensitized I became to my flaws and deficiencies. Isn't that true about the closer we get to Christ, the more is revealed to us that he needs to prune a little bit more. The more we have that self-realization that it's like, you know, that's not right with me. There's no such thing as a perfect saint. (laughs) Amen. There will be someday. Right. And you know, that's the thing is like, we want to look at people as like perfected. But the truth is, we all have this construction. Like if you if imagine when you're driving down the road and you see a construction zone, what happens every single time you're like, oh, construction zone again, that means I got to go slower. That means I got to be a little bit more careful. I got these orange barrels everywhere. There's orange everywhere. But the thing is, is that that's exactly how we need to treat each other as Christians. We need to slow down a little bit and we need to take some caution and we need to just realize that this person is under construction and this person is under construction. Just like I'm under construction and I want people to have patience with me, I need to realize I also need to have patience with other people and they are under construction as well. Because I tell you what, the second that road is perfected before Christ comes means that you no longer have a need for God anymore. And that's a dangerous situation to be in. And if you didn't have those construction barrels, you would have flown right off the I-85 bridge. Absolutely. Absolutely. So construction zones are not such a bad thing. It means that he is still doing a work in us. Yep. And they're there to keep you safe. Yep. So goes on to, but this would not have happened if not for the next reason I stayed in church, which is number two, care. Conflict is only constructive when it is administered within an, an environment of care. Church for me was that place. I cannot speak for anyone else, but I was fortunate enough to be constantly and consistently surrounded by individuals within the body of Christ who were genuinely interested in my growth, not just as a Seventh-day Adventist, but as a successful citizen of society. That's important. 
it's not just as a member of the church. It's how are we growing the members of our church so that they are also productive and successful members of society, that they're going outside of the church and they're doing what they're called to do. From an earlier age, I was given various opportunities to lead and make an impact. Members did not just offer me responsibility for given tasks, but they gave me an authority to collaborate with others and think creatively. I can recall crucial conversations with my mentors who challenged me to think critically about various issues plaguing our community. Yes, there were times when this care was not felt. I was expecting them to attend to my needs, but that didn't happen. My response has been to invest in those who who have invested in me and ask the Lord to reveal how I must respond to those who did not want to. I've I've realized the importance of personal boundaries in not only protecting what God has entrusted to me, but also in helping me care for those around me. And this leads to the main reason why I chose to stay. I think the one thing that stood out what uh, uh, Kevin was saying there was that... um... They, they didn't just offer me responsibility for the given tasks, but they gave me the authority to collaborate with others. How many times do we see in churches where, okay, we want you to be in charge of this ministry, but we want you to do it our way. Yes. And, and that's where you can get people that don't want to stay. Right. And that's where the proper care is not given to the conflict. Well, you're also not trusting God to work. You know what I mean? Like a new person may be impo- may be appointed because what has been happening either has not grown or it's not going to continue to grow the way that God needs it to grow. We need to remember this is God's will. This is not our will. And so if a new member is appointed, you need to trust that God's will is going to be done with that person and need to just let it go. Because it's, it's like what I was talking about with one of our church members yesterday at church. If you continue to hang on to something, God can't do what he needs to do with it because he's not forceful. He's not going to force you to, to let go of it. There may be some circumstances where he does force us to let go of things because it is inhibiting us from him and it's it's cutting us off from him. But in most cases, he's he's not a tyrant. He wants to give us choice. And so the only way you can allow that person that you've put in charge of a ministry choice is if you let go and you allow God to work through them. Absolutely. You know, authority is given by God. Yes. And so, like you said, you have to trust that the person that came to your mind when you nominated them was God's will. And perhaps God's will was to enlighten you that maybe something needed to change. Right. And the best thing you can do for that person is to pray for them. Absolutely. And, and mentor them. Yes. Instead of sitting there and we'll go back to this and complaining about them or complaining mm-hmm. what they did, mentor them. Right. Sit there and, and, and help them because so many times I've seen that in churches where, you know, you, you give someone this new ministry, but by the way, um, you're going to have to learn this one on your own. Or you're going to micromanage them and nitpick at everything that they do. Absolutely. And, and it's not like you're even giving them a book as to what to do it's here wing it i know sometimes it it almost feels like we're setting people up to fail so that way it falls back in our lap and we remain in control you know you pray that's not what's happening but and i don't think that's intentional but that's that's all we've ever known right so the last one the main reason is christ 
Independent of denomination affiliation, religious orientation, or church membership, I have found the questions of origin, where did I come from, my meaning, what am I here for, morality, how do I know what is right, and my destiny, where am I going, comprehensively and systematically answered in the person of Jesus Christ through the Judeo-Christian worldview. I believe love to be the penultimate force that's necessary for this, uh, the sustenance and flourishing of human beings. To that end, at this point in my journey, I have found that Jesus Christ provo- provides persuasive reasons for how I should love and why I should love through his word. So where does the church fit into this? I am a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church because I believe that we have the clearest, richest, and fullest picture of the love of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And this is something that um, when we're talking about why we love the church, this is something that Pastor Jay Lee had had told me that, you know, he kind of gave me feedback and he's like, I love the picture of God that our church gives because a lot of the world and even some of these quote unquote churches that say they believe in Christ, they're giving a very false view of who God is and of who Jesus is. And it becomes a character assassination of who God is. Because some want to claim, well, you know why Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans? It's because those people needed to be wiped out because they were Sodom and Gomorrah. No, that's not our God. That's not our God. I'm really sorry, but that's not our God. Our God is a loving God, and he, he's a generous God, and he's a merciful God. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes things don't happen, but it's because, you know, a lot of people say, well, God is in control, but he also gives us choice, and he also has to allow certain things to happen because... He- well, let's be honest here. The reason why sin exists is because we, as man, accepted it. Absolutely. So the reason why bad things happen to good people is because, um, man, we did it to ourselves. It's not because God did it. It's because we did it to ourselves. Absolutely. Sorry, that's Christy. (laughs) Someone didn't turn their cell phone off. Um, And so it it goes on to say, with every person I interact within the worldwide body of Christ, I interact a different cultural perspective on the Christ I know. I'm privileged to see Christ through the lens of various nations, tribes, tongue, and people. And the more I do this, the more I see Christ. The more I see Christ, the more I see myself. And the more I see myself, the more I am drawn to him and his people. The church, then, is a kaleidoscope of people which refracts the light of God in wonderful ways to display. That is a big word. Resplendent? I've never, that's a new word. I'll have to add that to my dictionary. But anyways, display the mosaic of Christ, the ultimate reason I'm part of this worldwide community of faith. The conflicts, the care, and Christ have kept me in the church to date. Here's to hoping that if the first two lose their impetus, the third will keep me grounded. That was a a well 
well-written article. And, yes. and I think that that really should be the crux of, of at least why we as Seventh-day Adventists want to stay in a church. Yes. Now everybody has their own reasons. Um, some do get comfortable with churches. Uh, some find a church that is simply on fire and they catch fire and go with it. But in the end, as long as we are all driving towards that same goal, which is number three, Christ, you know, I, we, we should be okay. And if you truly are drawn to Christ and everyone in your church is trying to be drawn to Christ, changes will come. Absolutely. It's, it's, it always happens. Like that's what happens when we draw nearer to Christ. Changes happen. It, it, it's, it's, it's just kind of the ebb and flow of having a relationship with Christ. Things, you know, it, it's kind of like he's the great gardener, like going back to the whole gardening thing. It's going to be painful, but those weeds that have been affecting our life will be plucked out. It's going to be painful, but it's a lot better than the damage that those weeds will do if they continue to stay in our life. And Christ cannot come any, you know, we, when you look at, we, they start talking about like at, at end times and everyone has their different view as to um, why, why people won't make it and why they'll be destroyed you know quote unquote destroyed and for me it's i don't see god coming down and destroying people i see jesus coming down and people just cannot be in his presence because he is just that good and we just aren't and if you haven't repented and if you haven't said god i'm sorry for the life that i have lived i want to be more like you i want to give my heart to you and i want to continue to I want to go back to that image that you originally created me to be. You cannot be in his presence. You can't. Can you imagine on that day an atheist? It, it, um, the atheists that used to be Christians and seeing God come down and, man, I can't imagine that feeling. Yeah, I just, it breaks my heart, but I just, you know, it's just something we need to, to pray about in our world. And, you know, like it, this is a whole nother topic, but I mean, people talk about, we need to save the earth. We need to save the planet. Listen, there's no saving this planet. If you read your Bible, you look at the book of Revelation, there is no saving this planet, but we can save souls. Absolutely. There will be a cleansing fire. There will be a cleansing fire and this world be, will, be me, will be made, you know, will be renewed. There will be a remaking of this earth, but we're not doing it. God is. We cannot recreate Eden. Only God can. So you're saying it doesn't matter how many trees you hug. Doesn't matter how many trees you hug. I'm not saying that you should not be environmentally, you know, conscious. You shouldn't be throwing trash out your window because you should still respect what God has created. But, you know, all these things out there, it's false doctrine. All this save the planet, blah, 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 blah. You can't save it. You can sustain it where it's at right now. But you cannot save it. Only Christ can save. Amen. Well, I think that uh, that about does it for episode 11. Um, you know, we, uh, we hope that we can be a little more consistent. Um, but life happened. <laughs> Had some bad things happen, but we're back. And uh, it felt good to be back. It felt really good. It 
felt really good. Uh, so good that we didn't uh, go usually as long as we normally do <laughs> on these podcasts. But um, we thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to uh, you listening to us at episode 12. And uh, until then, be safe and rise up. <laughs>